Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'll be joined by Steve Hellwagon in just a moment. Of course, we're going to talk about this Ohio State-Penn State matchup. Can the Buckeyes run the ball effectively against this Penn State defense? How's the health looking for the Buckeyes? We're going to get into that and much more. Uh, But of course, I want to tell you about uh, one of our great sponsors that we've been telling you about, Manscaped. Gentlemen across the nation, I have an urgent message for you. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The brand that took your balls to space is now launching them into the ultrasphere. Introducing the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, featuring a new cutting-edge design and next-generation dual skin-safe blade heads for different shaves. It's pretty much a spaceship to take your boys downstairs to the next level. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the brand new the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS. High tech for low places, Manscaped. I mean, Patrick Murphy was supposed to join Steve and I on the show this morning, but he's such a big fan of Manscaped. Um, He's busy using all of his Manscaped products right now and is not going to join us for the show. So there you go. All right, once again, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough. It's time to go ultra with Manscaped. There you go. So no Patrick Murphy, but we do have Steve Hellwagon. Uh, Steve, good to see you. Um, Let's get to matters of business. We'll start right. I mean, Ohio State is ranked 92nd in the country in rushing offense. Penn State's defense, number two rushing defense in the country, number one total defense in the country. Can the Buckeyes run the ball effectively in this game, in your opinion? Yeah, I think they're going to line up and be able to run the ball. And I think last week against uh, Purdue, we saw some things changed up a little bit, some misdirection, obviously. And uh, I think the uh, Devin Brown uh, bringing Spunk to the to the party there uh, package in the red zone, I think that's going to pay dividends, maybe even in some short yardage situations as well if it comes up. So, uh, I mean, he had him down there ready to score three touchdowns and, and obviously fumbled the one, but they did score the two other times. I think not having Chip Tree on him does hurt because Chip was a was kind of a carries eater, for lack of a better term. And uh, those carries have got to go somewhere, particularly, you know, we don't know what's up with Travion Henderson or Mayan Williams. Dallin Hayden played a, a great game, another great game against a lesser opponent last year he had i think 100 yard games against indiana and maryland and uh people on our message board have kind of clapped back to the idea that he is rb1 uh just because in the way that they put it travion henderson in those games those are the games he gets 150 and 200 yards against those uh, lesser opponents and uh 
you know, we have not seen Hayden put in a primetime situation yet. So uh, we'll see if uh, his skills translate to this. I think Penn State has – I'm not going to put the word great on their defense just yet because, Dave, they have not placed, played an offense that's ranked higher than 78th nationally in six games. It, it All six games are against teams in the lower half of F, uh, well, five FBS and one uh, FCS with Delaware. Uh, Delaware's actually having a pretty good season. I think only only the one loss to Penn State, maybe. So they're they're doing really well at that FCS ranks. But uh, you know, you look at it. Uh, West Virginia is the best offense they've played. Iowa and Northwestern are two of the, and UMass are three of the god awfulest worst offenses in all of sports. And uh, you know, not, not just college, college football. football. All of sports. Any sports so, across the world in the history of mankind. Yeah, uh, so let's, you know, as Denny Green said, you know, in reverse, he said, you know, you want to crown them, crown them. If you want to crown these guys, go ahead. But they got to prove it to me first by shutting down an Ohio State offense that's got some playmakers. Now, which playmakers are going to be available? We don't know. But I do think Ohio State's going to line up and going to be able to run the football to some degree. It was good to see 160 yards last week against Purdue, and, you know, we'll take it from their baby steps, Dave. If they get 130 yards, 120, you feel reasonably good about that. Yeah, and staying on schedule is huge. You know, like uh, Coach Day and every coach talks about, you know, you got to get at least – if you're going to run the ball in first down, you got to get at least four yards. Woody might have said three, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, but uh, and then go for it on fourth down. But uh, but no, seriously, they got to stay on schedule, get at least four yards. Um, yards per carry is going to be big in this game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this offensive line, they had their best game. It was against Purdue, who's not been good against the run this year, but they finally got the job done. So maybe it seems like Justin Fry simplified things a little for the offensive line um, and they played their best game. So hopefully they can. This will be a stern test, though. I'm with you. I, I don't know what to make. That's I, I said this on uh, Monday's show. It's like I respect this Penn State team a lot. They have tons of talent. Like you just look at NFL mock drafts. It's just Penn State, Penn State, Penn State. Um, you know, in rounds one, two, three. You know, this this is a very talented team. But as you mentioned, Steve, they have not played anybody. So we're going to find out a lot about both teams this Saturday. We're also going to find out the health of Ohio State. We're just going to like opine here. We don't really know, but like you know, we're going to give our thoughts. I don't think a mecca. We'll start with a mecca. I don't think a mecca is going to play. I hope I'm wrong. Um, what's your thoughts about a mecca? You think he's going to play? I think that there's probably a slight chance, maybe a thirty percent chance that he plays. I think it depends whatever the injury is, how it's responded to treatment. I my guess is he stayed back in Columbus last weekend so that he could live at the facility, and you know during that you know thirty hour period that they're gone uh, to get treatment and uh, around the clock and and whatever it is that they needed to do for him. I think that there's a slight chance that he would play. I think he would definitely want to play if he can. I mean, this is the game everybody comes to Ohio State, you know, this in Michigan, the two games everybody comes to Ohio State to play in. So uh, I think that uh, he's going to try and give it a go. Uh, we'll see. It could be a case like Travion Henderson was out on the field both 
uh, last two weeks uh, for pre warmups, you know, like 90 minutes before the game, but then not in uniform, uh, you know, for the regular warmups. And uh, maybe Emeka will try it. I think same thing with Henderson. I think Henderson will play. I think Henderson probably could have played last week. But when you looked at the situation, uh, grass field and uh, a game that they should be able to win without him. And uh, potential for rain, as it did rain, it just didn't make any sense to put him in harm's way there. So I think that was, again, a precautionary move on his part. So I would think uh, in his behalf, either the coaches or him deciding that. So I think, or the trainers, I think he's going to give it a go as well and probably would start, I would assume. Chip Trianum, I would rule out. I just don't know how he comes back seven days after what was an obvious concussion. He fell down trying to leave the field. I don't know if you come back that quickly from that. Maybe next week's game at Wisconsin he might be able to get back. I, I don't know concussions exactly what the timeline is or how severe it's been judged uh, by their medical staff. Uh, Denzel Burke left the game, but he also left the game at the point of the game that the game was pretty much decided. So he had no reason to go back into the game was kind of how people who were there termed it. Uh, I did not go to that game. Uh, I was out of at a wedding last weekend, so I was kind of following things from afar. But uh, that's kind of my take on him. I think he's going to have a good chance to play in this game. I would at least half the plays, I would think, even if he's not 100 100 percent. Just his presence, I think, uh, means so much because teams just have not completed many passes against Denzel Burke. So that's most of the walking wounded. Oh, Mayan Williams, no idea. And really, he's been a bit player anyway So this year. So would he help the depth situation if there's no chip tray on him? You know, tell me that Mayan Williams is going to be an effective Mayan Williams, and I'll say, hell yes. You know, but that, that guy's season, I don't know what's happened with him. So, you know, they lead the world, as we said. I keep railing about this. And running backs in, who finished the previous game but don't show up for the next game. So – Hell if I know what's going on with these guys. It's been like that the last two years. It has it wasn't a thing before that, but the last two years it's been like that. General yeah. Hospital. All it's, of it's last a drama. Year. It's a yeah. drama. General Hospital, the Tony yeah. Alford running back room. All my buckeyes. Uh, General All Hospital. All my buckeyes. Uh, the Reds and the Restless, all the old Gary Burbank uh, bits on 700WLW. All my Bengals. All my Bengals, the Reds and the Restless. Yep. Hilarious. Hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think probably if I had to guess like two of the three running backs that are, that were hurt last week, the two that didn't play. And then, um, obviously chip with the concussion. Um, I think two of those three will probably play. I don't know, maybe all three. So I think they're going to be okay at running back and they have Dallin Hayden who for some reason must be pass pro. I think we finally have cracked the code. What's going on there. It's, yeah. It's pretty obvious. Coach, they said it's not or... fumbling. Can the fumbling, uh, right. uh, reason it's not fumbling no, um, you know uh, Dallin Hayden is marked you know you know break glass in case of emergency you know well last Saturday in Purdue it was an emergency and they broke the glass and they put him in the game and I'm sitting I had to go to a bar because it was on Peacock and I'm sitting there with my buddy before we're going to this wedding watching the game I'm like oh my god Dallin Hayden's in the game <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh Oh my God! Is Michael Wiley out there. No, 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 no. 
the first thing they did was put Xavier Johnson back there. And I thought, ooh, I like this. Me likey, because he had like 39 yards on like five carries. I mean, what what I like, Dave, about last week was they got back on top of their game. And they were picking up yardage in nine and 10 and 12-yard chunks against Purdue. And then they did hit a ball over the top later on, one to Tate and one to Ennis. But uh, I think – what I liked was they they came out of that game with some confidence that we can do this. And you know, Penn State is great, but you know, are they are they eight times better than Purdue? I doubt it. You know, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like it's it's college football. They're they're men. You know, I mean, you just go out, execute your assignment, just do the best you can, get sustain the blocks as long as you can, don't hold anybody. And, I mean, what I liked was uh, Simmons, you know, grabbed the guy and flung him or whatever that was, holding penalty in front of God and everybody, boom. And he comes off after the drive goes, you know, haywire. They're already up 20 to nothing. And Ryan Day is just livid. Like, we can't make those kind of stupid mistakes. And, uh, you know, it was kind of his message to him. And, and I think that accountability – and coaching them hard, you know, you could tell that the TV is honed in on the fact that this guy is real animated on the sideline. And I think that's paying good dividends for this team. You know, we've had some uh, for the late arrivals. Yeah, I mean, these are just guesses. I mean, hopefully a Mecca plays. I think there's a chance because it sounds like um, it was a, a bone bruise. You know, it wasn't anything like a torn yeah. ligament. So, um, and if he's going to get out there at 70% or whatever the percentage might be, throw a percentage on it. This would be the game to do it. This one in Michigan. Um, but it's got to be up to the trainers in Emeka. Um, and then we'll see what happens. So there's a chance he'll play. My guess is he won't or will be very limited. That's just my guess. Now, Burke, as much as I love Emeka, I can't I, I was saying this yesterday on our instant reaction. This is I almost feel like like disrespecting Emeka when I say this. Burke to me is even more important because they're so deep wide receiver. Now they're really good at corner too with Igbenosin and Hancock. This is they're really good at corner, but Burke is one of the top corners in the nation, in my opinion. And um, they're not as deep at corners as they are at wide receiver. Uh, Marvin's the number one receiver, not the number two receiver. Burke's the number one corner. I don't know about Burke, but I, I, I agree with you. I think from what we've kind of heard through the grapevine, maybe it wasn't that serious, and, and he is going to play. That's my hope. So my guess is Emeka won't play, but Burke will. That's just my guess, Steve. Yeah, uh, Burke, Burke is indispensable at this point. Uh, you know, if you had a list of Buckeyes, he'd be in the top three or four on that list. I think McCord is showing that he's QB1, and he's and Marvin Harrison is obviously indispensable. Uh, there's Tui Malowau, I think, is playing his way into that just as a guy who – Brings that, you know, the last two games have been outstanding for him. And Tyleek Williams, I think, is up there as well. Uh, you know, all those guys are, are playing their way into that can't-come-off-the-field uh, type uh, situation. I thought it was good last week that Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson got to play most of the fourth quarter. Uh, the snap counts came out, and it was Sawyer and Tumaloa around 40, and those guys around 20. I don't know that it's going to be like that this week against Penn State. I don't want it to be – I would not like it to be like it was against Notre Dame where Sawyer and Tui Maloa played every play. 
that is this type of game, you know, talent equated type game, as they like to say. Uh, but I, I do think there's a place for those two guys in the rotation. And this Cody Simon phenomenon, uh, he had more plays in the game this past week than uh, Steel Chambers. Has there been a changing of the guard there? I don't know, but uh, I do know this. Jim Knowles likes him some Cody Simon right now. So uh, I, I sent a note in for the boarding house with comments uh, from James Franklin. He said if he – he has a coach crush on number 35, Tommy Eichenberg. He says everything flows through him. Uh, you know, Ohio State fans are kind of run hot and cold on Tommy. I, you know, I know he's quasi-limited athletically, et cetera. If he doesn't pick the right hole, he gets exposed sometimes, whatever. But, uh, you know, uh, James Franklin swears by the guy watching all the films and everything. And so uh, I thought that was kind of cool that uh, he gave uh, – and Tommy's production has been really good. I think 13 tackles one week, eight the next, something like that. And Simon's production has been up there as well. In the limited number of snaps he's played, he's made plays, and I think that's important. And Simon continues to play a little bit more each week. He keeps eating into Steel Chambers' of snaps, and uh, I think Steel's really good in coverage for a linebacker. Uh, he tends to get uh, lost in the wash a little bit, uh, uh, caught up in the wash. Uh, I think the Tagovailoa touchdown was uh, a breaking point, I think, on Steele. He got deked out of his jock there at about the five-yard line, and he's got to make he, – he's spying the quarterback on that play. If you watch the back, he is standing in the middle of the field and waiting on that to happen, and it happened, and he didn't make the play. And – you know, in a big game, that that costs you a Big Ten championship. So it costs you a shot at a playoff. If you allow that play to happen in the Michigan game, you're done. So, uh, you know, maybe that explains what's going on with Cody Simon or is a microcosm of, of what's happening with Cody Simon. It's interesting. I've watched Penn State this year and, um, again, extremely talented. Now, I – Others have said, well, they've been talented before. I agree. Penn State's had some talented teams under Franklin, no doubt. I think this one might take the cake, though. Uh, if you believe that, again, the NFL mock drafts, this is the most talent they've had. And they even have guys that are not even draft eligible that are good. Like both their running backs are good or just sophomores. Drew Aller. Let's get to Drew Aller because a guy we all know well from being in Ohio, outstanding high school player from Ohio. I believe he was Mr. Football his senior year. Um, and Ryan Day got into it yesterday, got into it. He was asked about it and said very nice things about him, said we had Quinn Ewers, then he reclassified, and by that time, um, you know, Drew had already committed to Penn State. You know, we did talk to him, but he had already had committed to Penn State, said nice things about him. Steve, I've watched him play. I mean, he's he's he seems pretty calm out there, and he's a big, strong kid with a strong arm, but they don't really throw the ball downfield much. Now, they haven't had to, though. So I don't know if it's a case where, like, they're just, like, kind of holding that back because they – They've just been blowing everybody out. Um, the few times they've had, I've seen Aller's been maybe a little bit off. Um, I don't know what to make of it. He's a big, strong kid. I know he can throw the ball deep, but they have not been – that's one thing. They've been more of a dink and dunk offense this year, Steve. Yeah, I think that they are playing to their strengths. Um, what they don't have is that kind of deep threat. Uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith, number one, is an outstanding all-Big Ten caliber wide receiver, I think. Uh, he's their go-to guy. On the third play of the season against West Virginia, he caught like a 60-yard bomb. The West Virginia guy like went for the ball and missed it, and it landed right in Keandre Smith's 
bread basket and he took it the last 25 yards. That's the only play all season I think that they've had that's gone for over 40 yards. And it was in the first drive of the first game. And the next five games after that, they haven't been able to duplicate that. Franklin was asked about Aller throwing downfield and said, that's really not that important to them. Uh, they are outstanding at sustaining drives in the methodical six, eight, 10 play scoring drives. And those two running backs, I think, you know, Jesus, this goes back to Woody Hayes, but I think in Paul Brown, but I think the key to winning this game is stopping containing the Penn State run game and establishing the run. Singleton and Allen are outstanding running backs. They are an outstanding tandem. I mean, you don't – one comes in, the other one goes out, and they don't miss a beat. And those guys, I think they were both in the 800 to 1,000-yard range last year on a very good Penn State team, uh, went 11-2, and two, won the Rose Bowl. And uh, they are both pass catchers out of the backfield – they do so much. Now, Aller, uh, he will run it at times. He's very efficient. He's in the top four in touchdowns, yards, and efficiency in the Big Ten right now. He's in the top three or four in every one of those categories. So, But, again, some of it's a function of who they played. Iowa is 6-1, and one, good defense. They, they beat them 31 to nothing. And West Virginia is 4-2. and two. You know, they beat them like 38 15 or something like that. Uh, otherwise, they haven't played anybody. Illinois is terrible. Northwestern is terrible. Uh, you know, Massachusetts, terrible. Delaware is an FCS school. And then uh, the other Big Ten team they played, Northwestern, uh, they play Northwestern. Northwestern is one of the worst teams in, in all, in, again, in all of sports. So <laughs> Allard to me has not been in an under the gun situation yet. I think Iowa probably put him in some tough spots here and there because it did take them a half to grab control of that game. I mean, Iowa fought them hard for a half, but, you know, the Iowa four first downs in that game, like 70 yards total offense for Iowa against uh, Penn State, uh, you know, whatever. The key for Aller is you've got to keep him hemmed in the pocket. He has great mobility and will get outside the pocket. And we know with Ohio State, they have hard enough time getting pressure on guys who are sitting dead in the middle of the pocket, let alone when a guy drifts out. <laughs> They're going to need a search party to find this guy. So I don't know if Sonny Styles or somebody is going to spy this guy and uh, try, try and get a hit on him as you know he keeps plays alive. But uh, that's my upshot of the Penn State offense. Very good at what they do. And uh, they do not – they don't – take risks. They don't, you know, get anxious. They don't, you know, whatever that word is, I'm, 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 my brain's not functioning, but uh, that, that they don't, they don't need to take chances. Uh, they, they don't, uh, you know, they're not over anxious with the play calling. They accept a seven yard gain and then another seven yard gain and then another eight yard gain. And so when it gets in the red zone, which they're going to be in the red zone three or four times, Ohio state's got to turn them away with a field goal. Great stuff from Steve Hellwagon. We are just three days away from Ohio State, Penn State. I cannot Big wait. 10 football. You know, the over-under is like 50, and we've seen games in this series that were 13-6 to six and 13-7 to seven in this century. Uh, you know, the Chris Gamble uh, uh, punt return game 
and the Terrell Pryor fumble game were both, you know, twenty point, yeah, yeah, twenty point total. Uh, you know, it's okay, T. It's okay. You know, as Nick Siciliano was telling Terrell Pryor after the fumble, it, it's okay, T. But um, so we've seen low scoring games, and then last year was forty four to thirty one. Seventy five points were scored in this game. I think we're going to be somewhere in the middle. I'm saying like 27-20 is kind of my sweet spot right now as I sit here. And I do believe Ohio State's going to ride the wave of enthusiasm. Uh, You know, people get wrapped up in the game time and everything. This is one of those where I think people are going to be in their seats 45 minutes before the game and pretty hot for uh, every development that unfolds on that field. So uh, we can see it sometimes at Ohio Stadium. They get up for the – it's a great big game stadium – and I think it will be again on Saturday. I can remember like in the rain in uh, in 1996, just going crazy. I, I was a student at the time for the Penn State game. That was a noon kickoff. It was raining. Uh, Buckeyes blew them out, something like 38 to 6 back in yep. 1996. Um, yep. And I remember it was raining. We were just going crazy. You know, place, the place was going nuts. Um, yep. It's definitely Ohio State's – obviously Penn State's not Ohio State's rival. We know who it is. But if there is a second place – we know who second place is, and it's Penn State. Um, and when they redid the they Go redid ahead. the schedule, they're going to play the next two years. It was originally thought this would be the last year of continuous play, but then when they added Oregon and Washington, they jumbled the bag up again. And when they pulled the chips out, Ohio State and Penn State were still going to play for the next two years. So we've got two more years of it before the series gets interrupted. Which, um, you know, I would rather they play Penn State every year. That's just me. Uh, it's part of the routine. We've got a routine going down over to State College. Uh, a lot of people mad about it being a noon start. Uh, since 2005, which was that first one with Troy Smith when they went over there and lost at night, like 17 to 10, um, Penn State's had seven night games in the series, and Ohio State's only had four. But uh, it was a noon game last year at Penn State. So, you know, kind of take that with all a grain of salt. And with Fox – you know, kind of ruling the roost, it probably will be, you know, for a while. No doubt about it. We're closing on 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you like the show, you're not already subscribed to our channel, please subscribe. We need like 30 more subscribers to hit 10,000. Appreciate you guys very much. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to all of you for tuning into the show. We appreciate it very much. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of your day. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.